Welcome to Uphill Conversations, your ride-along partners for your emerging future. Everything in life worth having is uphill. You can't go uphill with downhill habits. It's time for another show with your hosts, Tim Figueroa and Megan Finner. Are you ready to be inspired? Well, hello, everyone. Hola, bonjour. Welcome to another episode of Uphill Conversations. I'm your host, Tim. And I'm Megan. And we are glad you can join us today as you are living your life and heading towards your emerging future. Hopefully you are eliminating any downhill habits and canceling out all agreements with limiting beliefs. And yes, it is true. You can be more, do more, and have more. So, hey, Megan, we got a great gift and a shout out to our buddy, Bud Torkum, in the mail today. <laughs> we did. And it was awesome. He sent us some great swag. We got a we got trucker caps mm-hmm. that were too small for my head. <laughs> and too big for mine. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I'm only kidding. No, they fit perfect. They do. They fit perfect. They're a little big for my we small got, tiny head. You do have a you have a small head. <laughs> I have a child size head. You do. No, but you that'll fit. The hat fits. Oh no, it still fits. It worked. It was yeah. great. So Bud, thanks, man. Yeah. And we got we got koozies, coffee mm-hmm. mugs, coasters, mm-hmm. and there's a man bag. There is. Well, it's not a man bag. No, it's like a reusable shopping Reuse- bag. Reusable. Yeah, you canvas can use bag. that. A canvas bag. A canvas bag. Mm-hmm. Well, your girls would probably, they could stick stuff in there. Oh my gosh. Like they need something else to carry their girl stuff around in. They're Well, they always find things put in there. <laughs> I know. Like my daughter Eden, she'll put like, it could be, who knows what'll go in there. Yeah. She'll have this big old bag and there'll be one thing in it. Well, the latest thing. Like a thing, fidget spinner. The, la- <laughs> the latest <laughs> thing that, that my girls have been doing is they actually... Uh, have this lanyard from a trade show that uh, that Mike was at last week, and it's kind of a big one. So they've been carrying it around as a purse. <laughs> and the other day, Della put her uh, toothpaste and her toothbrush in it. There you go. Took it to school. Took it to school. <laughs> she was like, this is my purse. You never know when you have spinach in your teeth. <laughs> For me, it happens frequently. <laughs> <laughs> happened yesterday, happened today. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so this is uh, episode 61, and we had a great guest, Chris Breen, um, someone I've known for the past two years, and um, Megan, after a few encounters, you've, you know, you've met him before, mm-hmm. but sitting with him, he's a great guy. Yeah. And, I mean, just a really good guy. I've had the privilege of being his friend, um, working with him in his business, as well as being a coach in his life, and um, it, it is one of those true relationships when you do get to coach someone what they do in to you know to you what comes back to you from seeing somebody just blossom and mm-hmm. grow and it's not because of you you know that's not the coach's thing but it's to see them do it and you just get to be a part of it and how you're so inspired so like he is like real fuel mm-hmm. you know for me um well and yeah. I think I think one of the coolest things about uh Chris is obviously this is really the first time I've ever, like you said, had a conversation with him other than just saying hi and meeting him in passing. And what I really loved was how he talked about the importance of investing back in yourself and how he has made that a priority and how he has really seen the benefits of that, not just in his professional world, but in his personal world with his wife and with his kids and even in the the areas where he likes to serve others. So I thought that was really, really cool. Um, but I have a Chris, I have a question for you. You have a Christian? I have a, 
<laughs> What's but your question? Because you, I have a question. Because you failed to ask me one. I forgot to ask you one last. No, week. let's say it. Well, you went on and on about the egg thing. There was no time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, blame me. Still my fault. It's still going to be my fault. And you're the one that boiled the eggs. Are those the ones I boiled? No. <laughs> it's just a way for me to Dang somehow it. get it back on you. Okay. All right. So I have a question. <laughs> okay, go. So, Tim. So, Megan. If you could try out any job for a day, what would you like to try? And why? One job? One job. Just for a day? Just for a day. Because, see, what I'm interested in, it would take more than a day to really get into it. (laughs) Okay. I would do CIA. I mean, you could do that for a day. No, you couldn't. Because just when you, they would have to teach you stuff. And just when you learned it, you'd be like, okay, day's over. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I feel like with that type of a question, you would be, you'd come. So I'm in it. You'd come pre-equipped. You just try okay. it for a day. Well, because I love, like, I would love to just be able to just go, because I love blending in. Mm-hmm. That's that whole chameleon effect. I learned how to be a chameleon when I was growing up because, you know, you know, not to, this is not a funny statement, but when you lack identity sometimes, that's what we do. We take color. We borrow color for a while. And we just forget sometimes to put it back, right? Mm-hmm. So with me, I like that because you can get inserted into an area. And you have to become you know, part of something like a group or if you're having to be, you know, looking at things and, you know, investigating or whatever. That's the reason why. Like, I love just that, of you know, figuring out how you can blend in. Now, of course, the other part of the CIA is the goal. There's a, there is an objective, right? Mm-hmm. In my life, though, it wasn't like so I could exploit anything or, you know, like, aha, caught you. But in this one, it'd be like, oh, yeah. Because, you know, you've watched, like, Law & Order or, C- you know, CSI, things like that, you yeah. know? But if you could take it to that next level, you know what I mean? <laughs> to where, like, you could really just, like, I don't know, just get in and thwart something. See, but what if you got in and did it for a day and it wasn't, like, as glamorous and cool as you thought it was? Then i come back to this podcast. With you. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, well, thank you. Good Good answer. I liked it. Um, so thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Please remember to jump on over to iTunes and rate and review the show. Please share it with your friends. You can always connect with us at our website, uphillconversations.co. You can find us on Facebook. And you can find us on Twitter. You can follow us at uphill convo and before we jump into this episode just a quick reminder and a shout out to everybody out there that tim and i are putting on our very first workshop here in greenville south carolina november the 4th november the 4th so it's coming up we would love to have uh you come and join us uh greenville is a great place to live and to visit uh so check it out Uh, there's information on our website uphillstrategies.co you can find it on the blog there or you can find it on our uphill strategies facebook page that's right so we would love to see you there and if you can't refer it to someone else share it please Dreams are important. We don't want to see anyone miss out on what they're designed for. So without any further delay, let's scoot on over to this great conversation and interview that we had with a wonderful guy, great guest, Mr. Chris Green. Welcome to the show, uh, Chris, and it's so glad to have you on here. We've been talking about this for a while, uh, having you on the show. And finally, it is happening. The magic will take place today. 
Uh, you and I have known each other now for how long? It's been close to two years. Yeah, yeah. it's close like two, two years. Two years. Yeah, and it's been an honor. You're like I've told you before. This this guy that we have on the show is like a he's like a hero for me for a person that pursues growing, investing in himself. Um, others, um, uh, we use the word kingdom minded, you know, in other words, realizing this world is much bigger and that, uh, we want to build things that are very honoring, um, to God. If, if a person believes that that's fine, but if they don't, you know, that's okay too. But, um, just our interaction from the beginning, uh, I've always liked this guy. So I just want to let you know, I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. And so, Chris, why don't you let our listeners know just a little bit, you know, your background um, and then currently what you're doing. Sure. So I've been uh, unemployable for probably the last mm, 16 to 18 years. And uh, because of that mind frame, I've always been self-employed. Um, I've just um, always taken upon myself to be a producer and to be growing and creating. And so I started out um, right out of high school, kind of the frame my dad had set for me was to own your own business. He was a builder and um, also worked as a firefighter. So I saw a man that just, you know, produced at a very high level. And so that was kind of my, my, the model that I had seen. So coming out of school, I kind of went right into that. He started a business for my brother and I, we were cutting, cutting grass. So we had a lawn service. So I was uh, probably 14 when that started. And um, I continued on that path for, oh geez, probably until I was close to 20 years old, had owned that business. And um, over the years, just um, had, had transitioned from cutting grass to where I started a construction company, um, because again, that was what I knew. Um, and the construction company was, uh, we built a really successful construction company, my wife and I, for about 10 years, um, and had always been called during that time, or felt called during that time, to build into people, um, but also, like you had mentioned, Tim, the, the kingdom-mindedness. And so we had, um, over, the, over that path, we had become um, kind of semi-missionaries. We would, we would travel a lot. We would do some missionary work. We would come back home. Um, in that process, we, we felt very called to support missionaries. Um, and, you know, at, at about 10 years into my construction company, somebody had approached me and they, we, had, we had built a brand, an image, a reputation around the area to where someone had kind of taken note of it. I wasn't actively trying to sell my business, but somebody actually approached me and um, wanted to partner with me. I wasn't interested in becoming a partner with anybody. And so we, um, he, he put together a deal that made sense for me and my wife. And um, we decided that it might be the time to kind of uh, take a look at whether there was something different out there for us, whether we were to go into more of a, a, a full-time missionary position. And so somebody, that, that, that guy bought my business. Um, we sold our house. We, um, we sold about 90% of all of our belongings. And um, we packed up and said, okay, what's next? And um, that what next ended up being, um, we, we bought a RV and traveled cross country with our kids. I've got three kids, 13, 12, and four. And, um, you know, I'll be 40 this year. Yeah. And so we did that. Yeah, we did that. <laughs> we did that. Um, you know, a lot of people came to us after that and were like, oh, you know, I've always wanted to do that. That sounds just amazing. I hope to do that one day. And so Amy and I, my wife and I, she's my dreamer. 
And um, without her, I'd live a boring existence. And so she basically, you know, prompted me like, what do you want? If you could do anything right now, what would you do? And, and so I was like, let's, let's pack up the kids and drive cross country. So we did that. So we did that for about five months. Um, again, at this point, we're, we're kind of like chasing our calling, looking for our next purpose. Like what, what are we going to do next? What, what's, what's going to be the thing for us that we chase after next? And, um, and just completely open to whatever was next. So it was really a cool place to be. In the past, I'd always kind of, you know, um, looked for, you know, what's my desire? What do I want to do? What's going to fulfill me? And this place that I found myself in here was kind of like, you know, what's, what's the higher purpose? What's the higher calling? You know, I'm open, I'm willing, I'm able. Um, I don't have to produce right now. We had, you know, because of the things we have done, we had set ourselves up to in a position where we could just be open. And, and it was really a weird place that we found ourselves in. So we did that. We traveled cross country for five months. Um, we we then signed up for a five month um, uh, missionary training school just to kind of like explore. Hey, if this is what we're gonna do, mm-hmm. you know, I've always invested in myself and in education and been willing to learn from people who've gone before me. And so I was like, well, that that makes the most sense. So we we signed up for a five month school, um, put out the investment for that, and um, just started down that path. Um, got to the end of it, fully expecting to like be living in Mexico right now, full time, <laughs> you know, just, just over there serving. And, um, because, you know, kind of like a lot of people, when they think about missionaries and serving and all that, it's like, Oh, I take my family, I go to another country and I live. I learned during that time, uh, it shifted my mindset to where, um, God actually spoke to me that, you know, I was already working in my mission field. Um, it's possible to be serving and kingdom minded inside of an industry. And so kicking and screaming, I came back to um, my the, the place where we lived at before, and we decided to, well, we didn't decide. It was almost like a series of, of interactions and people I met and just seeking that led us back into the construction industry, which is where we are now. So we're two years into that venture, and um, it's been a huge blessing because of the skills we had, the the interaction, the people we know. Um, uh, I met that's when I met Tim two years ago, and I just invested uh, with you know some coaching with him to kind of see what you know what made sense for us. We were able to more than double um, in our first year back in business what we had done in the previous years. That took ten years just within twelve months, and so it was amazing just to um, come back and. Uh, instead of doing something that was out of my desire, it was like out of a uh, obedience to what I felt was my calling, if that makes sense. So totally different place to operate in um, when you're doing what you really feel like is your purpose, not just what you think you want to be doing. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, was it a struggle for you to just allow yourself to be... You know, well, obviously you said it was like kicking and screaming. Yeah. But just that resistance, right? Ugh. But once you got into it, was it a struggle for you to leave what you were formerly thinking? Mm-hmm. You know, like maybe this missionary thing, right? Was it was it hard once you got back into saying, hey, this is already set. These things are here. Um, you recognize that, hey, I can still do the same thing where I was already at. So did you view it more as a five-month um, building your confirmation or was it five months and then getting back into it and going, Oh my gosh, I'm questioning myself. Is this difficult to get back into? Which one was that for you? So it was probably the first part, more of a confirming, confirming of what the path was supposed to be like confirming that I was already operating inside of, 
um, my mission field, if you will, or what my calling or my purpose was. So it was a pretty easy transition. Like the thing, the doors that opened up were, um, it was completely obvious where we should be going. I'm just curious as you're retelling that journey. And, um, to me, I, I followed it very easily. Uh, but I also, I just love that idea that you were open to kind of figure it out. But like Tim said, you end up back in this place almost where you started, right. but I'm sure <laughs> with a completely different perspective or, or mindset. So when you're looking back over these past three to four years uh, in your life and your career, what surprises you the most? Just the fact that I was willing to take that step of obedience and not be in a place of desire. Because being that I'm almost 40 years old, I literally have lived my life, and I think most people can relate to this, that they they take steps and, and move in a direction because it's what they want to do. Or, or what they, uh, you know, what gives them pleasure, what gives them the most pleasure, the most fulfillment. Um, for me, um, it surprised me that I was willing to, I mean, if you think about it, to, I would have never, I, t I tell people this all the time, I would have never sold my business ever if you told me that I was going to come back and start <laughs> yeah. it again. Yeah, right? wait a minute, haven't so, I been here? So yeah, so like literally that just, that really surprises me just that I was willing, but it was such an easy thing. It, it really, because of the doors that opened, the people that I interacted with, the, the, the signs, if you will, the writing on the wall, it was a very easy thing. My wife will tell you it wasn't easy. I, I Probably three or four months, I was still dragging my feet before we actually mm -hmm. pulled the trigger and, and did it. So, Well, it's interesting because you and I have had conversations, right? So we've spent, I don't know how many hours. I mean, I'd say we've, I mean, we've spent a good chunk of hours together, right? And um, But when you said, you know, someone would have said to me, hey, you're going to sell this business to come right back into it again, right? Mm -hmm. You and I have even had the discussion where most people don't realize if you were to give people two words and say the best or better... And you were like, immediately, you were like, well, of course, better. So even in that process, did tell us about that, like in our audience, like the discovery of that, like, you know, maybe you were the best at certain things mm -hmm. in that business that you sold. Sure. But what does the new business look like? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. So it it almost took that letting go of and and completely disconnecting from the thought process that I was going to be a builder anymore, that I was going to be in that industry. It almost took completely letting go of that for me to be able to come back and see the gifts I had inside of what I'd created over the, that 10-year period. And, and what I mean by that is like the things that I was unintentionally doing inside of my business um, were, were the things that gave me the most fulfillment, the most purpose, the most joy. Um, for instance, the way that I, I cared for my people. You know, I wasn't really intentional about making sure that my subcontractors um, were taken care of financially and, and emotionally. I wasn't intentional about those types of things. But just the way that I operated and the way that I um, was an example to them, um, they benefited from being a part of our organization. And so I didn't realize that until I, until I took that away from them almost. So a lot of my guys, after I, after I was removed from the business, within six months, uh, you know, I would say almost none of them were still a part of the organization. Wow. Because of the value, and, and that's not to, that's not to, you know, be that's not from ego, a place of ego. It's just from a place of like, hey, I recognize this, and so now with the new organization, what we're doing now, we're really we started off with our core values and everybody we bring on the team. We we paint a picture of what we stand for and 
the direction we're going. And people literally, as we're interviewing people, want to be a part of what we're doing. And so it's neat to see that. So I'm not sure where the, where the, what the, where the question is. Well, no, <laughs> okay. it, obviously, so you were able to extract a lot of the wonderful things that you were doing even inadvertently. Mm -hmm. But it, they were a part of who you were at right. your core. Yeah. But you realize them now as, wait a second, what if I'm even now thinking more intentionally about yeah. doing them? Yeah. So that's the difference between that was the best, yeah. but now you're doing it better. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and better is always top of mind for you. That's one of the things I picked up from you. Like, and if you don't mind me throwing this in there, but like one of the things that I used to, you know, this is funny, but I would say to, I'd say we would talk about things and Chris is like, well, I'll just go do it. And like, mm -hmm. and he's, he's a very go getter. He just gets it done. He just cares about people. If his subs need something, he'd go over here, go over there. And I remember we would be sitting there and there's times in, you know, in a coaching session and you would just, you'd be like, man, there's not enough. I can't do it. All right. Mm -hmm. But it was, I said, Hey, you're a soulaholic. Right. Right. <laughs> that was the word we, but it's not that he wanted to be. Mm-hmm. It was now identifying the people he needed around him. So he was always the person around all the people. Right. But now I was like, now who, what do I need around me? And we went into that, right? So with that in mind, that's on the better side of things, right? Mm -hmm. what, what did that take for you to, to start? Like, what were you looking for when you said, hey, we start with our core values, we bring people in, whatever. But even in your hiring or people that you bring to be directly around you, mm -hmm. You know, so that you can be freed up to continue to, you know, work on what you do instead of just being in it. Like, what do you, what do you look for? What's important to you that you finally realize? Like, what clicked and said, "I don't have to do all this by myself for ten years." Mm -hmm. And where you doubled in what two, mm -hmm. right? Right. So, or whatever in the two years you've been doing this, you've doubled what you did in ten. So. Right. What what's important to you when it comes to looking at those you know looking for things in people because you say hey I know this is true and I see what it does in those guys I need that around me as well because it's back actually feeding it back into you and it doesn't leave you solo anymore because right, right. solo sucks yeah yeah no it definitely solo <laughs> sucks that was a good we we came to that realization real early on luckily so <laughs> stop trying to do everything for everybody and and empower people so that was that was a good lesson but I would say the biggest thing it's it. A lot of people, when you look at who you're going to surround yourself with, um, depending, regardless of the industry, you look at like what are their skill sets, which is important to an extent. But I think more so what we've looked for as we've started to build the team around us is more of the mindsets, not so much the skill sets, but hmm. the mindsets. We can teach people a lot of things, but we can't really correct the worldviews of people, the mindset of people. So uh, it's very important for us to maintain just a... a a high level of culture and and um, excitement in our inside of our team. I mean, our people literally, I mean, look for opportunities to find a way to release pressure from me and my wife so we can go and create more, mm -hmm. which is looking from the outside, even me, I'm like, that's just odd. You know, these guys want, want so much for us to be able to grow so that they can grow, um, that they're looking for ways to, you know, increase their skill set because their mindset's already in the right place. So I think it's real important to hire people that are in the right mindset. 
So I want to dig into this idea of solopreneur a little bit more and um, really an area of that. So you're someone who you said you've been, you know, happily unemployable for for 16 years and you really had this calling to be a producer and to grow things. But it can be really challenging to bring other people in because there's a certain amount of having to let go and having to trust. Uh, And even paired with that, you know, I I don't think a lot of people would have sold a business and then gone on what seems like almost this year discovery, uh, especially with three kids and, and not just, and not young kids that are easy to pack up and move. I mean, you've got kids who were in, in middle school and that's a tough age um, to move kids around. So when I'm thinking of all these things together, to me, it, there seems like there's a lot of risk. So for you, how did you approach that that idea of risk in terms of both the business side and growing and adding other people, the risk in um, picking up and trying something new? Uh, how do you view risk and and what kind of fears or doubts even might have come along in that journey? Sure, yeah. Um, how do I view risk? Uh, I think... It's easy to say, you know, the bigger the risk, the bigger the reward. I don't think I had that mindset going into it, um, but I, I, the the mindset that I did have was that, um, you know, time is kind of a thing that can lie to you. You know, t- we all feel like we have all this time in the world to do whatever we want. So I think at the time when I was making these decisions, I was still under that that mindset of like, I've got all the time in the world, you know, what's a big deal if I take a year off? I can, you know, I built it once, I could build it again. So um, so how do I view risk in that aspect? I, I think I would say I, I really wasn't looking at the, the downside of it. I was more looking at the upside of it. Like, what's the experience I can create for my kids? Um, what's the uh, lessons that I could learn on this journey of discovery? Um, you know, so that, that, that whole concept of risk, I don't even think was on the forefront of my mind at all. It was more like, um, what's the opportunity that, that could be on the other side of this risk? So um, that, that would be, I guess, the, the main thing as I was looking at making the decisions that I was making as far as leaving and then getting back into the business. Um, yeah, I don't know that there was a lot of, a lot of risk there that I had considered. Um, so I'm not sure if that answers your question. No, but. I, I think that it does. And, okay. and you talk about uh, some things that you learned mm-hmm. along the way. So I think I have a good understanding of what you learned on the professional side sure. and what you've decided to do uh, as as your calling. But what did you learn on the personal side? On the personal side? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a great question. So one of the, I guess one of the things that comes to mind first off is that, um, it took about a month uh, of being on the road with my family um, before I was able to actually be integrated into the family um, to where we didn't like want to kill each other, right? Because we're living, we're literally living in three hundred square feet, right, in this in this camper, and um, you go from being, you know, being a producer as a as a as a producer, husband, wife, whatever, whoever's producing, and you you know you've got certain. Uh, time frame that you're around, and and so to to go from uh, that full time job or working for yourself or whatever to then you're like on the road living side by side, 300 square feet. So the thing I learned there was um, was just to have uh, a um, 
I guess I learned in there that I have to lead myself first before I could lead my family. Okay. So, and what I mean by that is like, um, I, I really had to determine what, what my new role was and lead myself in that before I would be able to lead my, my family cross country. And we, we drove 11,000 miles from the East Coast to the West Coast and back. Mm-hmm. I mean, Disney World, Disneyland, SeaWorld, the Grand Canyon, the Hoover Dam. I mean, you really have to, to lead your family down that journey. You've mm-hmm. got to have a good, uh, a good ability to lead yourself. So I think the lesson there on the personal side, would be that in order to be the leader inside of my family, I, I really had to learn to lead myself first as a husband, as a father. Because mm-hmm. as a business owner, I, I felt confident in my ability to lead. Mm-hmm. But as a husband and as a father, um, I think I was probably um, taking a backseat role to what my wife was leading during the day, and then I'd come home and fill a certain role. And, and so, yeah, I think that would be the biggest lesson there on the personal side of things. Okay. What was your favorite part of that five months journey? The favorite part of the five months journey. So I, it's really not even like a destination. It's, it was the mindset that I had Mm -hmm. like this, this just complete freedom to connect with my kids, to create experiences with them. Um, so it was to, to be able to completely disconnect from the chaos of producing and having to be somewhere, having to do. I mean, we, we just, we learned some great lessons as family. I mean, we, we completely streamlined our nutrition inside of our family. Um, and our, our, our relationships, just everything got solidified in that, in that four or five month period of time. So it was, um, the favorite part about it was literally just the time together mm-hmm. um, and the complete presence. That There's the word, presence. So being able to be 100% present with my family. You had I no mean, escape. I, I had no, no... There was nothing yeah, for you yeah, to produce. There was no, yeah. <laughs> there was no producing for yeah, you. Exactly. Unless exactly. you're like driving down the road going, hey, help wanted. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let me pull over here no, and build something. It was, it was, that was great. The, the ability to just be completely present. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and and that's that in and of itself is an investment in yourself. But even right, your children yeah. got to experience what it meant to invest in themselves because the limitations that you've experienced, they experienced too. Where they were used to a home at a certain size, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And with kids, you know, it's like once you get older, you walk into the room in the house that you grew up and you walk in and go, gosh, this room is small. Yeah, right. You know, it's like time, it's amazing. Time speeds up and places get smaller. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you get oh, older. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Just, that's what it feels like. There's two things that you can count on, right? And well, and of course, then you may start feeling things, aches and pains that you didn't realize <laughs> yeah. existed. I mean, they were they were probably there. They just weren't speaking to you as loudly. Right, right. So, but in that, they also got to experience that investment. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a it was a whole family shift. So, so just thinking about that, you know, just the inspiration of when you invest in yourself, like recently. Um, as you and I've, uh, b- before you went, you, you've gone to California and there's a group, it's up to you, whether you want to say what the group is or whatever, keep it personal. That's fine. Sure. Yourself. But you, you're continuing to invest in yourself and you believe in that model of investing in yourself. And so I know the guys that work right next to you, you know, that are your key guys that we talked about, which is a change from where you were doing it by yourself. Now you have others. They have the mindset of investing in themselves to free you up. So in all of that importance of investment, talk about your journey of 
personal investment. Mm -hmm. And even if it does come through the discovery of a four or five months, it's still an investment, right? Right. You took that time. You know, in your mind, you had it like, this is what we're going to do forever. Yeah. We're going to do this, and then we're going to move on to this. And that changed. But you were okay with that because you were taking the things that were more rudimentary. Mm -hmm. They were more foundational. Mm -hmm. And they also, but you weren't like locking yourself down only on like, I'm doing this because this can be the only result. You allowed yourself to move freely, but that would only come from having a mindset and a willingness to grow and invest in yourself. So what ways, like from your trip to California, if you want to talk about it, just pick things that you feel are important to say based on your uh, value of personal investment, Mm -hmm. how that influences others and becomes contagious to them that are closest to you, right? Right. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So... um when I look at uh, the investment that I've made over the years, it, it probably goes all the way back to like uh, the the first time I was introduced to personal development was probably inside of a, a network marketing. I got an Amway or Quickstar, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, when I was 20 years old, right? Mm-hmm. And um, my wife and I to this day, and she would even um, agree with this, would say that regardless of, you know, what money we didn't make inside of that, the system that they had and that they instilled in us to build into ourselves, the personal development side of that was priceless. The, um, uh, the example of relationship and marriage that we saw inside of that to this day, those are still couples that we're connected with 20 years later, um, that are still married that were like, they helped us navigate we weren't even married at the time. So we became married through in Amway. And um, so I've, from that day on, so 20 years ago, I've always been willing to invest in my own development. Okay. Has it always been profitable? No, it hasn't. Um, and when I say profitable, have I recognized the investment in myself or the um, the growth in myself? No, because the money is the easy part. And this will be something I, I would like anybody that's listening to kind of hear this is that Money may not be the easy part for you, but for for me, a lot of times the money was the easy part. Writing the check to buy, I remember when I first was introduced to John Maxwell was through Amway, through the guys that I was involved with there. I went to a, I literally went and saw Maxwell live and invested in all of his stuff. I think at the time it was like literally VHS and tapes. Oh yeah, dude, it was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the 21 irrefutable laws and all that. Oh yeah. I don't know that to this day I've ever gotten through all this stuff, right? So my, my, um, my encouragement is, is, you know, being willing to make the financial investment is one thing, but actually willing to dig in and, and learn what's inside of that is another thing. If I had actually taken all of the things that I've purchased over the years and actually pulled even just one piece out of all of them, I can only imagine where I would be. Now, I don't regret any of those investments, but I think now, as I look at the way that I invest in myself now, I actually look for the return on it on the other side. Right. You know? And that lives in you. Yeah, The return is what you do with it. Right, right. So that's that's the biggest thing, and and the stuff that I'm doing now with with Tim and um, with Warrior Wake Up Warrior is the organization that I'm doing some other development stuff with now. Um, I'll I'll invest you know thousands of dollars this year and last year in in just that working on me 
You know, it's not stuff that's specific to my business. It's not stuff that's specific to my marriage. It's literally just um, creating the, changing the mindsets, the worldview that I have about what's possible. Um, you know, killing kind of the, the that inner voice that a lot of people have inside of them. You know, a lot of people spend a lot of money just trying to get outside of this, the, the doubt that they have, the lack of confidence that they have. And I say all this because that's me. And so I, I continue to um, invest in myself to gain that certainty that comes from, um, from all the different, you know, people that I'm learning from. So. Well, and I, I just, I love that because I think that we live in such a world and society now where everybody wants the magic bullet. Right. So they want to pay to go on a uh, retreat or they want to buy, you know, a book or Mm -hmm. go to a conference and they want to walk away just having this skill. And Mm -hmm. it's not that simple. Right. Uh, It definitely requires investment of time and energy and you have to work towards those types of things. And especially for the younger generation, uh, I think that that is really, really important. Um, because I think they, you know, in, in, you know, millennials, um, and other young professionals, I think we want to do all these great things, but we want them right now and don't always want to work for them. So in just thinking through that, what is one piece of advice that you would give uh, maybe your younger self or somebody coming up in in these next generations? Sure. Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, You know, we all have uh, certain routines. And I guess the biggest piece of advice I would give is to to develop a routine that's going to put you in a place of of power every day. And so, um, you know, the things that maybe the, the listeners do every morning, you know, whether it's get up and have a cup of coffee and read the, you know, whatever those things are, you don't really consider them as a routine because they're just the things that you do. Right. So what I've done um, over the last few years is really start to look at what's a simple routine that I can do for myself in the morning that um, that's going to put me in a position of power and production all day. And a lot of people maybe wouldn't be willing to do the things that I do, but I do the things I do because they put me in that place of, of, of an elevated state of awareness, of a, you know, uh, just emotionally in a position where I can go attack my day. So I literally, I get up at four o'clock in the morning and I spend about two and a half hours um, on, on a specific routine. I'll do a workout routine. I'll do a green smoothie in the morning. Um, I will leave little post-it notes for all of my kids. I'll do a little video for my wife, just 90 second video. So I'm doing, I'm doing deposits in my body, in my, in my family. Um, I'll read from the Bible. I'll pray. So spiritually I'm connecting. And then I'll also try to discover something every day inside of my business. So I've got kind of these four areas that I've learned that if I just make a small deposit in all of those areas in the morning, it puts me in a place uh, where I'm set up for the day where I've already achieved all these things. Now let's go really make some things happen. So biggest piece of advice would be just take a look at um, what are the things that put you in power in your day and what are the things that take away from it and make sure you're, you know, you're operating in that routine that's going to put you in a place of power. That's, that's awesome. Like um, I'm sitting there thinking, what's my routine? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, you know, so Chris, you know, coming back to this because it is investment, it is that, and, but it's the other voices. So briefly, let's talk about that. So like you've given me, and I count it as a privilege, right? So it's a privilege that 
um, you know, I respect and honor you. Um, to me, um, you know, you've you've impacted me just by being in relationship with you. So a lot of people, so being a coach sometimes, a lot of people view like, okay, what's this whole coaching thing? Coaching and mentoring are different, which you know. And, and so you've just given me that opportunity to, to play a role of, as a coach. But a lot of people don't realize how much a coach is impacted by a person like you and how, you know, you're sharpening them, right? So in that, like, what are some highlights, though, if you can share with people? And, you know, I mean, you don't have to use our relationship, but what are highlights that you get from, like, getting a person to understand the importance of a coach, but also the importance of, or, or things that you've picked up on that were missing for you? It's not that you didn't have them just what their job and their role is, but also how you build relationship out of it, right? So mm-hmm. you're building your inner circle for your future as well. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so I'll I'll use an exa- a recent example because it's front of mind for me right now. But um, for me, the value is in gaining a perspective that I wouldn't have been able to gain on my own. So like that aha moment, like I totally did not even see that. And so the example I'll give is uh, as as is about time and how I spend my time and the percentage of my energy that needs to go into my time. So this is specific to you, Tim. So I'll promote you here. But um, Tim Tim brought up to me like, how do I look at my time? You know, because for me, I show up at a hundred percent, or I feel like I have to show up a hundred percent in everything as a husband, as a business person, as, you know, on Sunday at church, whatever the case may be, I feel like I have to show up a hundred percent. Um, and what challenged me and the aha in this was to realize that, you know what, there's times where I don't have to show up at a hundred percent. You know, um, if I, if I, let's see, what would be an example of not having to show up at a hundred percent? Um, even just, uh, going to, uh, taking the time to go drive and pick up my kids from school. Okay. I'm not, I don't have to be a hundred percent at that time. That's a time where I could probably just have some time where I'm listening to music and, and just being down or whatever the case may be or downtime, I should say. Um, so that'd be a time where I don't have to be a hundred percent. Now, when I've got a big meeting with a client, I need to be at a hundred percent for that time. Right. Um, so those are just, you know, that's one example. Now the, the biggest aha for me with, with Tim was like, I had no margin in my time. I had no built in margin. I literally pack every hour of my day. And even though I've learned this lesson or, or have heard this lesson, I haven't learned it yet because I'm still in the process of mm-hmm. trying to work through that. So I have no margin in my day. So the, the huge value in having someone that that's willing to invest in me um, is to have that set of eyes from the outside that can, can take a look at the way that I'm operating and say, hey, listen, have you ever considered this? You know, mm-hmm. you might want to consider this. And so it, it challenges me. And that's something where um, if I took nothing else away from our relationship in, inside of that coaching relationship, even just that one piece is like once I implement that, it will have like a ripple effect across my across my business, my life, everything to have margin built into my calendar. And it's like, oh, my gosh, I never thought about that. It's OK you know, Tim gave me permission to put margin into my calendar, right? Right? How silly yeah. is that? But, yeah. So, you know, ton of value inside of that. And that's just one lesson that I've gotten out of out of that coaching relationship. Yeah. And so many people are afraid because they feel like, oh, if I have to, if I get with someone, they feel nervous about, which we all go through it as humans. Like, mm-hmm. gosh, I mean, I'm going to reveal myself, right? right? 
But unless you reveal, until you bring something to the light, nothing's going to change, right? Right. You can only work on what you put in front of you. Right. You know, and make a decision on that. And you've been a great example of that. And and I feel like it goes to the willingness. And so for anyone listening, you know, no matter what you choose, I would encourage you to look for a coach. I would look for a mentor. You know, a coach, is, his job is to ask powerful questions to help you re- see the things that are going on to get you to solve them. And then every now and again, they may apply some you know, some data to help you with it. A mentor is sharing the experiences, right? And it's okay to have those in your life as well. The thing is, is don't be afraid though. You know, don't walk this life alone, you know? And, and, and Chris though, one of the things that I like about him is there's this willingness. And what I love is his honesty. Like you'll, (laughs) there are times that you and I've met and Chris be like, well, I didn't get to that, (laughs) you know, but he never blames me. He never blames, you know, the world, he just says, I didn't get to it. And he says, I've got to get back to it. And then you see the change, but you see the growth directly proportionate almost to the effort that Chris is the one putting into it. So if you're listening, it's not about selecting the person. And as Megan even asked in her question, this magic bullet, people mm-hmm. are looking for it. Don't look for a magic bullet. You are the magic bullet. Yeah. I mean, you know, right. yeah, look in <laughs> right. the mirror. Well, right. and, and another thing, even just going, this is probably even two years ago, I can even look back at like another aha moment inside of that um, would be just that whole concept that I realized that I was operating solo, you know, inside of my business. And, uh, you know, there's probably a lot of different tests out there, different self-examinations that you could do that would, that would, that pin you as this personality or this type or this. And I would encourage people to, um, uh, to not just analyze themselves in that kind of fashion. The, the value of a coach is that someone like Tim could take you from a place of, okay, well, you're, you're a soloholic. Okay, well, that's great. But why am I that way, mm-hmm. right? So Tim dug even deeper and drilled deeper on that to determine that the reason that I operate solo is because I, I put so much value on my word like I, I will, I will make sure this happens because it's, it's. I draw my value from the fact that I'm, I'm, I'm true and I'm honest to my word, and so the reason I operate solo is because I'm worried that my word will be tarnished if someone, if I in, empower someone else to do something and it doesn't happen. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. So, so there's, you know, like I said, I've done a lot of different self-assessment tests and things like that, but they just kind of pin you as like this type or this type or this type. You know, r- you really need to wa- ask yourself, like Tim said. What are the powerful questions that mm-hmm. someone else could ask you that will challenge you to, to, to dig even deeper and get to the why behind it? So, And I think anytime it comes to learning your opportunities, I mean, knowing your strengths is really important. I think it's important that we focus on our strengths rather than our weaknesses or opportunities. But just because you know your weakness, unless you understand why you continue to make those choices and why you're doing things a certain way, it's really hard to make a change uh, and not just stay in that habit of, right. of what you've been doing. Um, well, We've really enjoyed the conversation. This has been so fun for me because uh, this is really the first time I've ever uh, spent time uh, with Chris. So uh, we appreciate you being here. Um, It would be great if you could tell our listeners how they can connect with you and where they can find you. If you want to connect with us, go to um, master-contracting.com and that'll that'll get you in touch with me. Um, You can also look me up on Facebook, Chris Breen. Email is Chris at master-contracting.com. Awesome. 
Well, thank you uh, so much, Chris. This has been another episode of Uphill Conversations, where we remind you that your current condition does not match your emerging future and everything worth having in life is uphill. But you can't go uphill with downhill habits. Remember, you can be more, do more, and have more. And most importantly, you will see Tim, Chris, and me on the hill. You've been listening to Uphill Conversations. If you'd like to hear more, subscribe to the show at uphillconversations.co. See you on the hill.